Contegra is construction with integrity. We mean it, believe in it, and manifest it in all we do. Without structural integrity, a building won't endure. Without personal integrity, a client relationship won't grow. We develop and complete projects safely, on time, and within budget. We don't shy away from an aggressive timeline, nor from a project or vision that's years in the making. Contegra, construction with integrity. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Build St. Louis, the regional podcast that captures the very heart of construction and development. And in this episode of Build St. Louis, we're happy to welcome Charlie Hinderleiter, Charlie's Senior Vice President of Government Affairs at St. Louis Realtors. And for nearly six years, he's directed the association's government affairs and economic development activities. Charlie holds a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from the University of Missouri-St. Louis, Charlie, welcome to Build St. Louis. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Well, let's dive right into our topic of this episode, which I've entitled Building Code Consolidation, the Remedy to Municipal Redundancies. Oh my gosh, Charlie, when I wrote that out, it didn't seem as long and wordy. I would love it if you could just kind of set the stage and provide a little bit of history and backdrop for me and for our listeners. As I understand it, St. Louis Realtors is leading the Safer Simpler St. Louis County Coalition, which has to do, I know, with just advocating to make things simpler and to consolidate a bunch of stuff that is redundant and possibly conflicting between uh, code requirements. But if you could kind of just tell us more about the Safer Simpler initiative, that'd be great. We are happy at St. Louis Realtors to be leading the Safer Simpler St. Louis County Coalition. Currently, 16 organizations comprise that coalition. It was founded in January of 2022, and our goal is to propose some policy solutions in the Missouri General Assembly for the 2024 legislative session. But the crux of it is this, is how do we engage in good faith conversations about building codes and inspections and try to pursue a more consistent code or set of codes than we have today? How do we try to reduce inconsistencies in inspections by delivering resources to local governments to help with training and certification of their inspectors? How do we make sure that citizens have equal access to healthy and safe buildings and make a change that is not too drastic that allows municipalities to still control the look and feel of their community, but to make sure that we've got that quality, safe buildings everywhere across St. Louis County. That's the crux of what this coalition is trying to do. That's wonderful. Thanks for setting the stage for us. And as I read in my research, I noticed that did your effort for safer, simpler begin a little bit after the St. Louis City and St. Louis County's failed attempt to merge smaller cities, towns, and villages into the county and with the city of St. Louis? Was it kind of offshoot of that? Kind of. It was an offshoot of an offshoot. So in September of 2019, the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis, in reaction to that attempted merger, was convening a board of freeholders. It's an arcane constitutional provision in the Missouri Constitution that could reshape that governance of St. Louis City and St. Louis County. So we formed a task force to say, hey, how can we assist? How can we part of, be part of the conversation? Well, the board of freeholders, the city never sat its delegates, so it never met. So we had a task force. So we said, okay, who's doing something out there to make it easier to do business in the region? And we didn't really find any initiatives that were going on. So we said, okay, what's in our wheelhouse? What can we do? So that task force met for nearly two years and Safer Simpler St. Louis County was spawned from that effort. 
Wow. It has to be a big lift for any piece of this to try and work as those people with great intentions did, as you mentioned several years ago. But are there 88 separate municipalities in St. Louis County? And I imagine each one potentially has its own set of codes that may or may not be like its neighbors. Exactly right. We've got 88 municipalities in St. Louis County, although two of them are looking to merge, so we could be down to 87. So we've got that going. <laughs> awesome. But the 88 municipalities plus St. Louis County, so that's 89 governments just in St. Louis County alone, each one of which is responsible for codes. So St. Louis County has got this great matrix on their website of if you want to build in a municipality, is it the county doing it or the municipality doing it in terms of mechanical, electrical, plumbing, residential building code, commercial building code, and a variety of other things. So you've got to go and figure out, is it the county? Is it the municipality? And in most cases, it's both because the county does some and the municipality does some. And so we said, okay, what codes are the municipalities on? And we looked around and we couldn't find anybody that had the list. So that was one of the efforts of that task force was to say, what's the baseline? What building codes are out there today? Was it shocking to sort of learn that there was no, that you could uncover that there was no list? We assumed somebody would have made that, but that's just part of the challenge of doing business in St. Louis County and in the St. Louis region is this governmental fragmentation means that you've got to go and hunt it down. So we tried to create a resource that'd be helpful to other professions as they try to navigate this, as well as to start building the policy case that maybe this might be ripe for change. Right, because whatever you're developing has to ultimately be, the framework has to be approved by the Missouri legislature, correct? Exactly right. Okay, very good. You mentioned before we were on the air a little bit about there's a neighboring state that made some progress with this same issue, just ended legislature session. Yeah, the Illinois General Assembly passed legislation this year that gets them toward a statewide code. So what we found in our second report that we released in March of last year was that there were only seven states without statewide building codes. Now, what those statewide codes looked like were very different, but Illinois, Missouri, and Kansas were three of those that had no statewide codes. And Illinois just passed legislation just in the last couple of months that means that in 2015, every local government has to be on a certain code. So you have to be so current. So it's not a statewide code in that, you know, this is one code for everybody, but it is a mandate on those local jurisdictions to keep those codes current so that people are building to best practices. Wow. I did not realize that there are only seven states and three of them are our neighbors or our states that don't have statewide building code structure. Did that surprise you when you learned that or not so much? It really did surprise us. We know we did a first report in October of 2021 that found that we had 42 different building codes across six code areas in St. Louis County. So we followed it up with that second report. And what we assumed was how do other regions do this? But we learned quickly that was the wrong question. Regions don't do this. States tend to do this, except in those seven outliers. But in Missouri, you know, our bi-state regions are both in outlier states. So it's one that made us wonder, do we not realize this because we just don't have that same frame of reference? Exactly. I'm thinking from a developer standpoint, if there's just a data center or a manufacturing distribution hub or some potential national developer looking where to put that project in and bring economic vitality to a community and they look at what we currently have, that has to dissuade them, I would think. Time is money for developers. I would think they wouldn't want to try and figure out what we have right now. Especially if you're doing a multi-site thing where, you know, if you're bringing a chain of four banks or four chicken restaurants or whatever, if you're in 
Indianapolis, you're going through one process four times. You know, if you're building in St. Louis County or even in the St. Louis region on either side of this on the river, you're probably going through four different processes one time each. And that's just far less efficient. It means that it's less predictable, it's less transparent, and it poses challenges. I mean, when we, we did that first study, when we found 42 codes across just St. Louis County, if it was one set of code books, like the 2015 code books that St. Louis County uses, it would have been 3,000 pages. What we found was 17,000 pages of codes in just those six code areas. So by point of comparison, the entire federal tax code, the Internal Revenue Code, is 9,000 pages. If you throw on top of that Moby Dick, Roots, War and Peace, the seven Harry Potter books, the three Lord of the Rings books, I still need like a novella to get up to the level of code pages that we have in St. Louis County operating today. So if it's a developer coming in from another state, this is a level of complexity that does exactly what you said. It's time and money. It's additional challenge and headache that we've heard anecdotes of people that said, you know what, they built a couple of sites and they're like, this is too big a pain. We're not building more. Or they looked at entering the region and decided against it. So we don't even know who may have looked and decided not to based on that. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. What a great comparison of all those books stacked on top of each other. And frankly, I'd rather read those than the code books. <laughs> yeah. What just for people listening that maybe aren't super familiar with land use and zoning and codes, maybe on the commercial side. And then if you guys also deal with residential, maybe talk through like bullet points of examples of what we're talking about with a code. What falls under that and what does it govern? You bet. So for instance, the residential building code. So if you're building a house, single family home or a duplex, this is the code that covers that in terms of what goes into that construction. It's important for health and life safety. How do we make a building and codes are the minimum. This is the worst building you can build. You can always go above that, but how do we make sure that buildings are built in ways that keep people safe? Commercial building code is when you're building an apartment complex, a skyscraper, a strip mall, whatever that may be. Again, same thing. How do we make sure we've got good egress? How do we make sure that if there is a fire that is keeping people safer? And a lot of codes are built on disasters. So for instance, the tornado that hit Joplin, Missouri a number of years ago, there's a lot of research done after that. So in the 2018 building codes, there were new provisions put in there to help keep people safe in the event of tornadoes. So it's one where we see disasters, we see people learn, and we see that improve. When we look at the plumbing code, it's about how do we make sure people have clean drinking water? We've seen stories out of Michigan over the last few years that when we turn on the tap, we take it for granted that that's going to be clean. The plumbing code is one of those ways that help make sure that happens. The electrical code, those GFCI outlets that trip, the building code tells you how far from a sink or a bathtub or whatever you have to build those. So again, the number of electrocution deaths in homes have dropped dramatically thanks to building codes because they've mandated those. So it's those little things that we may never think about, but that are designed to make sure people are safe in those buildings that we spend so much time in. Mm, really well said. Is there a period of time that's required for them to be updated? I know you talked about like a 2015 code and a 2018 code. <laughs> You're smiling a little bit. Is that being adhered to and what is it or is it different with every state or municipality? It's different for every state. So the law that Illinois just passed, it's going to require local governments will still adopt the codes, but they can be no older than a set date or a set number of cycles behind so their whole point is to raise that code. So for instance, the, the Amazon warehouse that was hit by a tornado in Edwardsville that tragically killed some Amazon employees last year, that was on a 2006 building code, Edwardsville was. So certainly we've learned some things. So making codes more modern is good. St. Louis County, the oldest codes that are still in operation are from 1995. Oh, wow. Uh, that's old. 
these codes are updated every three years. They're updated with best practices, new research. Traditionally, you'll see people maybe one or two, maybe three code cycles back. So maybe up to nine years old, but in the last couple, is, it tends to be better practice. So the fact that we've got multiple jurisdictions on codes from the 90s and early 2000s in St. Louis County is definitely not a best practice. And in the state of Missouri, there is no requirement that people have to keep those codes current, but we certainly think that would be a better way to go. Oh, sure. That was going to be my next question. Is there not a requirement? In terms of those categories of building codes, did you find certain ones that had the most, I'm not sure if I'm asking this correctly, but the most redundancies between municipalities where there's certain ones that just, or that were sort of opposed or conflicting with each other? You bet. So the goal is how do we get more people in similar codes? It means that when a builder goes to build, they have a better sense of what it is. It means that when an inspector goes to inspect, hopefully they're getting professional development that's on that code. Mm -hmm. But the plumbing code was the one that stood out because there's an international plumbing code and a uniform plumbing code, two different competing plumbing codes. So there are 10 different plumbing code books active in St. Louis County as of October, 2021. That's a problem. And in fact, a plumbing contractor told me a good story because here's the trick is not only are there 10 different codes, but each municipality can amend those codes. So you've got to find out, is it UPC or IPC, which code year, and then how do they amend it? So one variation that we've seen between municipalities is PVC cement. There are two kinds, clear and purple. The only difference is the color. It is the exact same thing. Some require the clear, some require the purple. The clear is prettier when it's done it's clear. You don't see it. It looks nice. When you put the purple on it, it dries purple. And then you can see, the inspector can see it was used and the cement was there. The clear, you can't visually see it as well. That's a rational decision one way or the other. Either one of those makes perfect sense, except when you've got 10 different plumbing codes and now every plumbing truck has to carry two kinds of PVC cement, depending upon which jurisdiction they're in. That's one decision out of 3,000 pages of codes if you're on one code set. So Imagine that one decision multiplied over so many different decisions of the code, and that's why this really is a challenge for people doing business in St. Louis County. Oh, that's a great example. And as you were speaking, Charlie, I was thinking about, I don't know if this is a dotted line or a solid one, but about public projects with all the still robust private construction, the lack of bidders. And I thought, you know, if somebody's bidding on project in one or more of these municipalities, just that whole, you know, I don't know if it's a supply chain thing or materials thing or labor, but like you said, that one small example of purple or clear and what it maybe costs contractors to build projects municipality. And I've had developers tell me, you know, there's a short list of communities we we're not planning on coming back to because it's just more difficult than building somewhere else. And so I wonder if that's relevant. It is. We've seen some folks say that they won't work in particular municipalities because of challenges they found. But we've also seen national companies not coming to St. Louis in the way they may other markets because they've just found it difficult to navigate and they'll just spend their time and money somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. So what step is your organization in Safer Simpler St. Louis County? That's a mouthful. What stage is the coalition in now? What's your next step or current step in the process? You bet. We worked, we figured out the problem. We did some reports. We talked to 85 municipal officials in late 2021 to say, hey, we've got an idea. We think this is an issue. We kind of learned a lot through that process as well as talking to industry partners too. And that's when we pivoted from St. Louis Realtors doing an effort to Safer Simpler St. Louis County, where you know we knew that as the realtors, we needed other people at the table because if you get the right people around the table, you're going to build a, a better piece of policy because 
this is so complex. So many different people touch this. Architects, plumbers, engineers, mechanical folks, electrical contractors, builders, realtors, insurance people. I mean, really, it's it's a lot of folks that, that touch this. So how do we get those folks all around the table and come up with a shared vision? And that's what we've got in terms of our goals. And now how do we get to policy to help implement that? So we're working on four things. It's engagement. We're up to 16 coalition members and we're working to expand that coalition and talking to more folks because we're going to keep learning as we talk to more people. Two, it's about education. This is not the sexiest topic. My mom has started to repeat building code facts. So I really got to talk to her about other things than this, but the average person doesn't care. What we did run across is literally 50 years ago, when we were looking at this in late 2021, St. Louis County had a charter amendment on the ballot in November 1971 to create a uniform building code in St. Louis County. People have been trying and failing at this for more than 50 years. And then County Supervisor Lawrence Ruse complained to the Post-Dispatch, you know, the day after the vote failed, is that people didn't care. It's not a sexy topic. It was hard to engage the public on that for a campaign. And so how do we make this approachable? We're going to be doing two public-facing events in August, and you can find details for that at safersimplerstl.com. One that's about economic development and building codes, more about health and building codes. So how do we engage a broader audience? We're going to be doing a video series with some partners as well. Again, why should the average person care about building codes? And at the end of the day, it's because these codes are how we keep people safe while you're in buildings. And I've got a brother that's outdoorsy, but I'm indoorsy. I, I spend a lot of time in buildings, so you know, I want to say. And then it's research. And we've done two 20-page building code reports. So if you have trouble sleeping, they're at <laughs> safersimplerstl.com. One of them's got a great one-page summary and the other one really a chart is really the core of it. But we just wrapped up another round of research, not going to be another 20-page building code report. But how do we look across the country and find either best practices or how can we build policy that draws on the experiences of other states so we're not doing anything experimental, but we've got pieces that we know work. And then lastly, it's what we're doing right now, which is policy development. How do we build the solutions? How do we make sure that we're delivering resources to local governments for training and certification for inspectors? And as we try to draft legislation, what should that look like in terms of building codes? Whether that's what's the geography, what's the level of control, code cycle latency, how often do you have to adopt it, who adopts it? So really we're focused on structure and process. We're not going to touch what's in the code. That's something that will be saved for the process that gets built. But kind of those are the four areas right now, education, engagement, research, and policy development. Great delineation. I appreciate that. On the number three on the research point, Charlie, less practices. Have you seen any other, I know we talked on needing state legislative approval, but have you seen any other metropolitan statistical areas or regions that have the level of redundancy and confusion that St. Louis does when you've been looking for best practices? We looked across the country to find who looks like us. We found one county in the United States that looks like St. Louis County. That's it. Where the local government has full responsibility for building codes, where there's a high degree of fragmentation and there's no statewide code. It's Cook County, Illinois, the home of Chicago. But the trick is they're actually better positioned than we are. They have 14 cities bigger than our biggest. Our biggest is Florissant, about 52,000 people. Their biggest is Chicago. But there are 13 cities bigger than Florissant that are not Chicago. Their smallest municipality is 25 times bigger than our smallest. We've got 22 municipalities under 1,000 people. They've got four. So even when they've got a highly fragmented structure, they at least have municipalities that are more robust that can deal with this easier, not easily, but easier. But here's the other thing. Illinois just passed legislation this year that is going to give them a statewide 
push. So it, it won't be a true statewide code, but it, it basically takes them off that list where once that thing goes into effect in 2025, there will be zero counties in the United States that look like St. Louis County when it comes to this degree of fragmentation of building codes. Wow. And I bet that Cook County is part of your messaging to state legislators. And For some reason, the Missouri legislature would really like to not be like Illinois and Cook County. That's That's absolutely true. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It seems like a really obvious question, but if there were two or three bullet points of what the true benefits are to code consolidation, I think you've touched on them. But if you had to tell a body of government, hey, what's the what's the direct positive byproduct of cleaning this stuff up? What would you say? First, it's about safety. Building codes exist to keep us safe. How do we make sure that we don't have municipalities that are on codes from the 1990s? And here's the thing. A lot of the municipalities that are on those older codes are smaller municipalities in North St. Louis County, which is predominantly African-American. So there's a racial equity piece here too. How do we make sure that everybody has access to safe buildings and do that equitably? That's first and foremost. This is about safety, whether that's clean drinking water, clean air, whether it's making sure that if your building catches on fire, the fire folks have time to come and rescue you, that you have good egress. How do we make sure we're keeping people safe in their buildings? And codes that are 30 years old are doing that. And the other piece is simplicity. It's we don't want to lower standards. We, you know, most places will have raised standards if this is passed. So how do we make people safe, but do it in a way that makes it simple? So again, without lowering those safety expectations, we can make it much easier to build across St. Louis County if we can make these codes more consistent. And it may not be one code for everybody. It may be a base code where local governments may still have a degree of local control. But how do we get everybody at least on that same base code so that you don't have to go and figure out who's on what code? Is it UPC versus IPC? And what year is it? If that was standardized, and then you just have to find some areas where maybe there's amendments, that would make it so much simpler for an architect or a contractor or somebody who is a property manager trying to rehab a building or update a rental unit, whether that's a developer or somebody in commercial real estate, it impacts a lot of different folks. And how do we make it easier to do business in St. Louis County? I mean, that's the key. How do we bring more people, more jobs, more buildings, more economic life here? And the more barriers we can reduce, the better off we are. Absolutely. Well said. You mentioned, I think my last question is this, you mentioned the 16 coalition members you have so far, specifically or just in terms of category or industry, who are your supporters and are you looking for some more? And that's the question part B and who? You bet. So it's Alphabet Soup. It's Associated Builders and Contractors, Heart of America Chapter. It's Associated General Contractors of Missouri, the American Institute of Architects, St. Louis. It's BOMA, which is Building Owners and Managers. It's mechanical folks, Missouri Gateway Green Building Council, Missouri Growth Association, a couple of different plumbing groups, NECA, the electrical contractors. In terms of real estate, it's SIOR, St. Louis Realtors, the Realtist of Metropolitan St. Louis, which is a local chapter of NAREB, Urban Land Institute St. Louis, St. Louis Apartment Association, the Urban League, really a broad swath of industry groups. And then the Urban League is a nonprofit that's not an industry group. So how do we bring other types of groups in, whether that's more industry groups, and we are talking about some of those right now. How do we bring in other groups, other nonprofits that may see this a little differently than the industry folks, like the Urban League? 
how do we bring in other stakeholders? So there are some groups that may or may not end up being in the coalition, but how do we make sure we're still listening and learning? So we're talking to the municipal league. We've talked to city managers, administrators. We've talked to building officials. We've talked to fire officials. Hopefully some of those will join the coalition. We'll see. But either way, we want as many groups as we can in the coalition to help us write this as well as to help us push this. But then how do we make sure we're learning from other folks that are important too? Because at the end of the day, you know, we're largely an industry side coalition. How do we make sure we're still listening and learning from the folks that have to implement this too? Because if we don't understand that perspective, we're not getting this right. We want to get this right. Wow. Hats off to you for all the hard and good efforts so far. And in this episode of Build St. Louis, we've been talking with Charlie Hinderleiter, Senior Vice President of Government Affairs at St. Louis Realtors, and just about the huge effort that Safer Simpler St. Louis County is doing to achieve building code consolidation between a million municipalities. No, almost 100, but I bet it feels like that. And Charlie, we learned a bunch from you today. And thanks for being with us. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Hello, my name is Anthony Thompson. I'm the CEO of the Kwame Building Group. You're listening to one of the greatest new podcasts in the city of St. Louis, Building Project Diversity. Please tune in and learn a few things about how you can improve diversity and delivery of your projects in the city of St. Louis.